And then there's my next guest. We welcome the Mayor of Toronto. Good morning, Your Worship, John Tory. Good morning, John. I should acknowledge, of course, as you've been doing, that it's Remembrance Day today, and I'm off shortly to Prospect Cemetery for what is actually a very moving ceremony that takes place as the sun comes up there every year. It's very special. Yeah, I have been there uh, watching that ceremony several times, and you're right. Uh, there's something about the dawn that is always, and it's, you know, it goes with the famous poem, at the you know, going down to the sun and the rising up in the morning. Uh, so we'll look for you there. We'll look for you at Old City Hall as well, but let's uh, look to the budget right now. I know you talked with Deb about about this yesterday, but I need to hear it in your words and and you know bring a few more questions to bear here. Uh, first of all, how bad is the damage when it comes to the budget shortfall for the city of Toronto? Well, we're short about uh, $800 million plus. Uh, and I should point out something you've been talking about all morning. Th- this is not money that is kind of things that are nice to have or things we'd like to do that are extra or as a result of some overspending on our part. These are all strictly related uh, COVID uh, costs uh, that come from the fact, for example, that uh, transit ridership has been down and continues to be down from normal, uh, that we are having to spend extra money sheltering people, uh, keeping their distance uh, greater between them uh, because of uh, fears of COVID spread among the population of people experiencing homelessness. So these are extraordinary expenses the governments have met uh, for the sort of first two years, if I can put it that way, of COVID, and which they committed uh, to meet in writing to me, both federal and provincial governments, uh, for uh, this year, because uh, I asked them. And so uh, that's really what I'm pointing out. We'll, we'll look after the demands for service and the legitimate demands for service and all those kinds of pressures uh, that the city government faces. But for these extraordinary COVID costs, I think it is fair that the principle that's applied over the first couple of years of COVID should continue to apply and that governments have who have other revenue sources can help us with these extraordinary costs. Okay, then are you saying once we look after this uh, temporary situation of the COVID expenditures and added burden that the City of Toronto is going to be capable of balancing its budget without asking for help? Well, I'm, you know, you know that we can have a long discussion about the inadequacy of the revenue sources that are made available to big cities, especially Toronto, which is of a size and scale that is beyond anything else in the country, not even close to any other city. But having said that, the answer to your question is yes, we will look after balancing our budget, and there will be some decisions, some tough decisions to be made in doing that. But we'll look after that. But these are all, the $800 million we're talking about here plus, um, are all COVID-related costs, mostly for transit and shelter. Uh, and I do think it is appropriate for the governments that have helped us, and I'm very grateful for that, and all cities across the country, uh, that they should continue to do that in the case of Toronto for 2022, and maybe for the last part of what I'll call the COVID hangover into 2023, because transit ridership, for example, is still not back to normal. Okay, so we can recognize these expenditures as exceptional, but I'm sure you can also appreciate that somebody who doesn't live in the city of Toronto may look at this and say, pay your own bills. Uh, yeah, and I would say to those people, uh, you know, you, I, I'm happy to be treated on the same basis as any other city or town in Canada that has a transit system that moves 1.7 million people every day. This is a city that operates on an extraordinary scale compared to anywhere else in Canada. And, and you know, to your point, uh, I guess if you think it's fair uh, that we should have a massive tax increase in order to keep the transit system running for those people who are using it, and in many cases have to use it, we had to keep it going all during COVID with, you know, way more people that we could have massively cut back on transit during COVID. Uh, and then all the people that helped us so much, the nurses and the, the people who worked in grocery stores and the people who worked uh, collecting solid waste would have had inadequate transit to get to work. So that's what we're asking them to help us with. And uh, it's not a nice to have or some frill that we're asking for them to help with. We're asking them to help with the very basic services and protections we offer to people during COVID. Uh, and uh, I think that is something where we were all in this together. And every city has been helped across Canada. I'm really just making the point Toronto has 
has challenges in this regard that are far beyond other cities because of the size of our transit system or the number of people we had to shelter. Okay, so what happens if uh, Ottawa and or Queen's Park say no? Well, if Ottawa and Queen's Park say no, I've outlined some of those consequences. I mean, the biggest uh, impact that I would move forward with, uh, you know, because I will not increase taxes by huge numbers, because I just think right now people are put upon by inflationary pressures on gas prices and food prices and interest rates and everything, uh, would be cutting capital. And cutting capital sounds like it might be benign, you know, where, but at the end of the day, this is the kind of city building we have to keep doing. So as we build new buildings, there are proper sewer pipes and proper water and, you know, proper transit and proper roads. And these are prudent investments we're making. That's the first place we would start. Uh, and we'd have to go from there. But it's one of those things where I don't think that should be the case as it regards COVID uh, costs that we were forced to incur or revenues we lost because of COVID. Toronto Mayor John Tory is here. Um, the, you know, revenue tools would alleviate a lot of this if the city had any of them, aside from property taxes. Um, are you, do you have any intention of asking Queen's Park for permission to generate revenue in other means. Well, I have before, and uh, the answer has been, I guess, less than satisfactory. You know, for example, in the city of Toronto Act, we could uh, uh, charge a tax on alcoholic beverages. And so when I went and said, okay, what if we put a dollar on bottles of wine or bottles of alcohol? And they said, oh, you couldn't do that because we can't have two levels of pricing. And I said, well, okay, what if we put it on a drink and put uh, 10 cents on the price of a drink at a bar? They said, we couldn't do that because there's no practical way uh, to really collect that. And and these are, you know, practical points they make. Uh, But having said that, it renders absolutely useless. I mean, the tools that are contained in the city of Toronto, so the only one that we use at present, as people know, is the land transfer tax. But we really, really don't have that. And I think it's it's high time, and has to be high time for a long time, going all the way back to Mayor David Miller, uh, to have a, a hard look, especially at a city like Toronto, and just say, look, this is a big city. It's a big uh, government that provides services to three million people, bigger than most provincial governments in the country. And that the notion that we are asked to subsist on just property taxes uh, is, is, you know, really out of date. It's an 1867 regime that needs to be uh, modified. All right. I know you have to head off uh, shortly, but I can't let you go without asking you about dead raccoons. Apparently, we have a backlog. Well, we do, and, and it's caused, I, I've heard you discussing the fact, it's caused by a, an unusual outbreak of distemper that has uh, affected the raccoon population, and so what we've had to do in order to, you know, meet the standards I think people have a, you know, good reason to uh, to expect, is to just reassign personnel from other areas of the city government to uh, pick up uh, the bodies of the dead raccoons and make sure that they get uh, properly disposed of, so that we've taken those steps. They were announced yesterday, they're in effect, uh, and I hope we can uh, do a better job during the distemper outbreak, which obviously one hopes for a number of reasons is not uh, prolonged. And Pinball Clemens is going to be joining us later on this morning, but an exciting weekend in the life of our city in terms of the Argos. Your thoughts? Well, I think people know I have a very special connection to the CFL. I was its volunteer commissioner when it was in trouble years ago, and uh, I obviously started I started to go to the games, I think, when I was about eight years old, and the Argos sometimes get overlooked in this market, and I just hope people look at the excitement of the Argos having a chance to go to the Grey Cup, which is still a big you know, sports spectacle in our country, and that they get out on, Tuesday, on Sunday rather at 2 o'clock, or I think it's 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock, uh, at BMO Field to support this team, because they've been an exciting team, they've done well, and they deserve our support, and so we declared Sunday at Toronto Argos day as well, and so I hope people will get down to the game and support this team. Thank you, sir. Thanks, John.